Good news, you're Pexin with the Legends, and we are your hosts from the Gamer Editing Team. My name is Eric, and uh, I'm not shaving until they fix Pathfinder. <laughs> you're going to be waiting a while, then. <laughs> uh, I'm Whitney, I go by Lumbago, and I've been loving living La Vida Loba. <laughs> Playing a lot not... of games with her, having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Andrew, and uh, on that note, I, I'm not going to be getting a haircut until they change Pathfinder, so... We're going to make a lot of commitments here. <laughs> Mostly because you just can't get a haircut. That's really it. I don't even care about Pathfinder that much. Yeah. <laughs> I play Wraith. <laughs> okay, well, uh, it is uh, week three now of season five, and the big change uh, this week is the return of World's Edge map. We also have our second uh, hunt level PvE mission. Uh, we have some ALGS news on the pro scene front, and uh, just a, a couple little... Fun Reddit things to talk about in there, so let's jump right in. Um, let's start with uh, World's Edge. We're all happy to see the return of World's Edge, right? Uh, Gotta love I, it. Uh, I think that the 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 Loba is a very interesting addition to World's Edge. So um, it was on a rotation last night when I played, and it was only for like a half an hour, so I didn't get to get too many games in with her. But because like the sort of terrain is different, it's very like interesting to use her tactical to move around the map um, in different ways because there are more like tall buildings, and you can get in the second floor. And not that you can't do that in Kings Canyon, but I just feel like there's a lot of exp uh, possibilities that have yet to be explored in World's Edge. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure you've already seen about the cool thing that happens if you try to loot as Loba. Yeah, so the, mm -hmm. the thing with the vault was confirmed when Loba's kit was revealed. I can't remember which one of the developers, or it, it, I think it was a Reddit response that it, it was confirmed that she could loot the vault, but nobody knew actually what would happen. I think you did a story about it, right, Winnie? I did indeed. But it was funny because last night I was playing and um, I was just waiting for my ult to come up and I could tell that my teammates um, were just waiting on me. And then I just said like, oh, there's like 10%. And then there were some shots, but I dropped my ult anyway when it came and I didn't realize what was going to happen. So I just see this like uh, gold helmet. I was like, oh, I should grab that. And then I like grabbed it and it gave me like a prompt that was like, uh, are you sure you want to steal this from the vault? I was like, <laughs> duh. So I went and did it. All of a sudden, there's sirens and there's team moving toward us, and it's just pandemonium and it's chaos. Um, but it is really cool because I do believe that it's a matter of balance, really. Because mm. how overpowered would it be for you to just be a loba? I mean, everybody would be loba if that were the case, right? If you could just go to the vault and loot everything in one shot for you and all your teammates. Yeah, yeah. So so just to clarify, when you loot the vaults that are in World's Edge as Loba using her alt, it sounds an alarm that everybody can hear at a distance. Do you have any idea how far you can hear that alarm? How far across the map? Um, I do not know, but you know how like the gunshots really ring throughout the map, so I assume that the sirens really ring it's throughout the map. As well. Yeah. The tornado siren of World's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i oh and i just want to say too because i didn't make this clear like once you steal the item like the entire um 
like like uh, black market is what it's called. It just disappears or like crumbles. So your teammates don't get anything. That's what I really felt like a jerk because there was a Pathfinder waiting around. I was just playing randoms. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. I, did, I just accidentally broke this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a great detail. I didn't realize that. So when you take something from the vault, it ends her all. Yeah, yeah. Hope the gold helmet was worth it, Whitney. (laughs) Yeah, so you can only take one piece out of there. I think I got like a thousand damage in that game and no kills because like my teammates just kept getting getting downed around me. (laughs) It's just one of those kind of games where you're just trying to help. I mean, I had a skull piercer. I was like, everything was good. A skull piercer on a longbow, the right scope. I had high grounds, but then you're just trying to trying to cover for those teammates, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's one of those beautiful things where, like, environmental storytelling meets a game mechanic, and it just makes sense that it would do that in the yeah. context of the world and in the game. So, yeah, I, I love that. I totally didn't expect that it would do that. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, we also have a new uh, retail package for Apex, the uh, the Pathfinder edition. Um mm-hmm. Did you guys get get a chance to see all the cosmetics that are in that one? Yeah, I checked it out a little bit. What do you think? The aesthetic was awesome, I think. Uh, they made it, you know, it, you know what it reminded me of? The trailer that they did was probably the most stylized trailer I think I've ever seen out of Apex Legends. Uh, it was purposefully covered in static as if it was like from an old TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me of these like old G.I. Joe broadcasts. Uh, there's a specific yeah. wave of memes that came from those old G.I. Joe cartoons. Uh, they're Pork very sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pork chuck sandwiches. <laughs> uh, I won't quote those. They're pretty explicit. Some, some of them at least. <laughs> but, but yeah, pretty funny uh, to see Pathfinder with like a red bandana. It's kind of like, you know, Rambo-esque uh, camouflage. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lot of references packed into one little... Uh, Pathfinder edition. I thought it was great. I, it's a good. It's a good theme. Yeah, I think so too. And I think uh, probably the standout, aside from the Pathfinder's actual skin, would be that Havoc skin. Yeah, I think that Havoc skin awesome. So there's, I think there's like six things in there. Of course, you get a season paths worth of coins. You get like a thousand X coins with it, and it's meant to sit in a box at, at a store somewhere. So we've had a few of those in the past. We had, I believe, a Wraith one and a Caustic one before. I remember correctly. Maybe it was uh, Bloodhound. Yeah, Bloodhound definitely has one, and Loba has one. That's how I was surprised that the that the Pathfinder one came out because there's a Loba edition. Her eyes are glowing. Really yeah, cool. so so that's a. I think that's a di- digital only bundle. I think oh, so it's it's not necessarily a, a Loba edition. It's just a skin of hers. Yeah, I think that was okay. that's just a bundle. The one that came out last week, and then this one is they call it Pathfinder edition because it's meant. To be product so that that's 20 bucks and you get you know it, it covers a season and what's a season now is 10 bucks right i can't remember yeah i i think so i think a season's a like a thousand apex coins so you get yeah right. yeah you get a a trinket and the weapon skin and the pathfinder skin it's a it's a cool new bundle that they're doing i hope yeah. Well, and I, I just want to say I love the juxtaposition as well because, like, Pathfinder is the nice robot, and then to just see him in this total, like, Rambo skin, right. skin is just like, oh, okay, you can be that guy too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he looks really funny with his his heirloom too, right? 
of course a very clever redditor pointed out that the trailer uh for the pathfinder edition is in fact shorter than pathfinder's cooldown <laughs> on his tactical yeah it's 30 so the trailer's 30 seconds long and his cooldown on his grapple's 35 seconds so everybody when somebody pointed that out i think on reddit maybe it was the first everybody latched onto that it's in youtube comments it's like mm-hmm. all anybody's talking about is it. like some some riff on that idea it's like yeah. oh man i could watch this whole trailer and i still wouldn't have my grapple right. so yeah do you think that somebody at EA is like screaming that they released this like limited edition bundle like right after Pathfinder got nerfed and is not being played as much? It, uh, <laughs> it certainly is bad timing. I, if I had to guess, I would imagine that these sort of like cosmetic bundles are planned out at least a year ahead of time, whereas balance changes are not. Balance changes are don't don't come much much quicker. So. Um, yeah, it is very funny timing. For sure. Yeah, coincidental for sure. Yeah, and and that gun charm, by the way, is a Molotov cocktail. So it's it's one of the cooler charms for it sure. It is a very cool charm. Yeah, um, I wanted to bring this up. I when when uh, Andrew and I jumped into stream to play on World's Edge, I'm pretty sure that the lighting on World's Edge has changed this season, uh, just like it has for Kings Canyon. I think the shadows are longer and the sun is lower. Whitney, did you happen to notice that World's Edge looked a little different? I did not, but I would say that I played a little while last night, and I really can only remember two games in World's Edge, and they were like longer games. But they we both both games we landed in Capital City, um, which is tends to be kind of shadowy anyway, mm-hmm. and we didn't really move on from there that much in either game. So I am probably not the best frame of reference. Which is funny because I feel like I played a lot last night and I read recently that the rotation times are supposed to be like, I don't know if random's the right word, but they're supposed to be varied. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Because I played like four hours last night and had two games in World's, <laughs> World's oh, Edge. Interesting. So, so it's, not, it's not a half hour on each map anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, really? So, it, so it's, it is random. Okay, I didn't even know that. There is a timer. You can see how much longer you have on each map, but I guess it's not consistently a half hour for each map. I can actually, yeah. yeah. I I don't know that for a fact, but I re- I recall seeing that uh, Jason McCord is the um, you know, the respawn person who I remember uh, said something along those lines about when it comes out. And if okay. I got the information wrong, we'll let you know in the sort of <laughs> yeah, like we'll do, index of this podcast. We'll have to start a correction. No, <laughs> yeah. What I can confirm is I I've got it pulled up right now, and it, it's World's Edge is on the rotation. There's 13 minutes left, so. <laughs> there definitely is some sort of system going yeah. on here. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was random, but uh, if that if that's what happened, then I definitely missed the news. And as far as the lighting, I I also can't really confirm because we had only played a couple games as well. Uh-huh. Uh, all I know is that if there's a difference, it's like Eric said, a subtle one where the sun may have sunk just a little bit because I did notice the shadows were long, but I was one of those things where I was questioning myself like, were they always this long? I'd, I'd honestly yeah. have to compare. So well, the, the Kings knows. Canyon change is, is pretty drastic. It's that, drastic. That one is is obvious that they change. So if they change this one, I might just you know be talking out of my butt, but I just have this sense that the shadows are a little bit longer. Um, interesting topic. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about this uh, ALGS circuit this summer. Angie, you had mentioned that some of the pros maybe aren't too psyched about yeah. the, the setup. Tell us about it- that. So essentially, there was this uh, 
big ALGS, the Apex Legends Global Series, uh, Circuit of Tournaments that were all pretty big. And all of them, of course, in person, you'd play online qualifiers, develop, get points, you know, qualify to go to these, these big LAN events and everything. And since the whole COVID thing, they've been just pulling things back more and more and more and delaying things, moving things online. And unfortunately, the prize pools have also been affected in a pretty big way to the point where now what I was just seeing from certain, uh, just some some people in the scene, they, they were unhappy with the prize pools of these tournaments. Because what's essentially going to happen is there's five tournaments going on. There's four, what, what they're calling, I think, super regional tournaments. Yeah, super regional tournaments. There's four, two or one in June, one in July. Actually, sorry, two in July and one in August. Mm -hmm. So these will affect your chances to qualify for the playoffs in September. And then there's an additional fifth last chance qualifier in late August. So it looks like there's five tournaments um, that will be going on in this, what they're calling the summer circuit here. And this is a completely different format than last year. Um, I know that it's following the ALGS rules exactly, um, but the prize table is very different. So what right. the professionals are, are unhappy about, at least some of them I know, is that only the top three teams in each of these super regional tournaments will be receiving cash prizes. Oh, okay. wow. That's, yeah. that's, that's rough. rough. So wow. for, for, for the U.S., or sorry, the Americas, because it's super regional. So for one of these, say if I was to play, I'd be in the Americas one, which combines North America, South America teams. And first place gets 6,000. Second place gets 3,000. Third place gets 1,500. So a lot of these players are like, no organizations are going to be interested in such a small right. little cash grab. I, it's just not enough to really salary players and invest. So they're really worried that this is another reason to let the scene sort of trickle out rather than build up into something sustainable. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's hard to tell right now how much things are affected by the global health crisis and how much things are affected by interest in the game. But at a certain point, as this goes on, it doesn't really matter. It's like, this is the reality of where the game is at, right? So yeah, it sucks to see those prize pools so low because it, it means that, like you said, the teams can't justify investing in, in salarying these teams and spending the time it's going to take to get ready for them. Well, and also a lot of the pros are the content creators for the game. So if you lose them to other games, then like you're also losing all that marketing. So it's in a sense, it's just a lot of that. I have so many issues with this. I mean, just across the board, I feel like Fortnite, I don't know what they pay, but I feel like you could rank pretty low in their charts and still get $200 or something like that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously not any place that I could ever rank, but, you know, relatively, <laughs> right? Um, and then also just the fact that, like, I mean, how are you really going to hold your own here? Oh, two, two thoughts. But, like, when games like, you know, StarCraft isn't, isn't it like do doling out like $30 million at its biggest tournaments. And look, I get that the global health crisis is happening, but I also understand that people are spending more time gaming right now. They're spending more time streaming and watching streamers, you know? So if anything, this should be the opportunity where you start to put your hands in there and say like, okay, like, you know, maybe we can't give you those, um, 
uh, those Fortnite level World Cup million dollar prizes right now, but we can do something for you. I mean, you know, it's a lot better than like coming in just being like, I'm going to gift a sub on your channel or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces at the end of the day. So I'm not necessarily qualified to make any big statements on it. I just, I know that there's some frustration and there's got to be things on other sides because honestly, Respawn does a good job keeping in touch with this community, all things considered. And they usually adjust uh, if there's big enough pushback on on things. But who knows what goes on behind the scenes? Um, I know another big complaint that's that's related to this as well is the the scrim um, meta. So private lobbies are run by a third party GLL. They run the scrimmages, and they've been known to butt heads with the professionals uh, many times. Uh, getting they'll ban professionals from scrims for what seems to be absurd reasons and even petty reasons. So there's, there's just a lot of stuff going on in the professional scene right now, but we can probably cover that at different time. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's just some of the stuff that's, that's been stirring up lately, especially with this announcement that came today. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let's get into this week's hunt. Uh, Andrew and I ran it together on stream. Whitney, you got a chance to, to run it yourself as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before we sort of talk about the details, uh, let's compare just to last week. Are you guys feeling good about it? Has your opinion changed, Whitney? I mean, I mean this one was what, like a little bit longer. Um, you know, I, I think like once upon a time, I don't know if I ever wrote this article or just thought about it. But I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have a PvE mode where I could just practice aiming at things. And I liked that the character that I chose for this mission had a sniper rifle because it was just target practice. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, like, if that's it, I mean, that plus the lore piece, I guess, is the reason why we're doing this. Because, you know, they're not particularly difficult. And maybe it is just to keep people engaged, um, you know, who maybe are, are weaker at the actual game itself, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's definitely an opportunity for people that are invested in the game to get a win, get a guaranteed win, you know? Um, yeah, Andrew, did you, did, you, did you like this one more than last week? I would say yes, question mark. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it was better for sure, and it was more engaging. There were more uh, sort of hunt-specific things, um, sort of. I won't get into spoilers yet, but something happens, right? We can talk <laughs> about this. If, yeah. If we're planning on revealing that, we'll just, I'm giving you time right now if you're listening and haven't played it yet, um, where <laughs> something happens to a character, and there's also something that has to do with interactivity with panels. And there's a pretty cool um, version of a flyer that's carrying a gold box that we saw. Uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of a stronger mission, I'd say, overall, overall when it comes to developing the story and. Just being a little bit more engaging, feeling a little more unique. But the length was still really, really short. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not, it wasn't the worst that I imagined would happen for the second hunt, but it's, you know, still got, I think, room to impress. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it gives the player a lot more to do. Um, I think, briefly, uh, here's your spoiler alert, where I'm just going to run through the events of the activity. So uh, your team starts at the top of the tower. You have to, you're, you all start with a triple take, and you have to snipe four of the prowlers on the ground. Um, if you look off towards um, 
the the building where the next zone is. What uh, uh, are you talking about? Hydro, Hydro Dam. Yeah, yeah. If you look off towards Hydro Dam, you can see Triple Take Fire coming out of the building, which I actually ah. didn't notice that until the second time I played it. And uh, and you can see the the barrier, the fences. Up. Mm-hmm. The right. Watson fences. Yeah. Yeah. So um, once you kill your four prowlers, then they will start coming up into the tower. The floor will break open. And you'll fight your way out and towards uh, Watson's fences, where that, that, that building is. When you get inside there, you'll find that Watson is actually down. And not just, uh, you, can't, you can't pick her up. She actually, like, dies. She actually, like, uh, there's a character model that falls and, like, dies in, in the sequence. So there, yeah. there's a little dialogue beat there where she says, like, not everyone can make it. And then she boxes. Uh, from that point, you go down into that bunker, um, and there's three panels you have to interact with. After you, your team presses those three panels, you go outside, you do the same thing as last week. You drop the little artifact drill, laser mm-hmm. drill. Yeah. <laughs> you fight off a bunch of prowlers, and then you run to the, to the evacuation jet. So there is more storytelling this week. There is more to do because you have a series of objectives as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, last week it was like, Go there, then leave. Right. Um, so I, I think, like, if they continue to complicate these missions every week and add narrative layers to it, um, I will be impressed. Um, but as far as uh, I can't wait for the next one, like, I still don't feel it. I still don't feel like, you, neither from a storytelling point of view or from a gameplay point of view, am I, like, particularly excited to see the next uh, however, mm-hmm. there are some some details in the lore that you get after the fact that I that I am uh, intrigued by. Whitney, did you get a chance to read? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. You want to talk, no. talk about the story? Yeah. Well, so the biggest thing to me, because I've already mentioned this, that like my hypothesis that maybe Caustic is not as bad as we've sort of made him out to be, and we sort of get this clue in one of the earlier cutscenes of this mission that you know uh, Caustic, I think um, Loba points out that he is, he's been accused of doing things, and you know we sort of are introduced to the apex narrative like he is this bad guy that he's done all this horrible stuff right but this is sort of calling that into question so what we see here is that when we discover that like watson's down uh and loba just kind of dismisses it oh she'll be fine right mm-hmm. uh and caustic gets gets angry and we've seen this actually in lore pieces as well where he sort of talked about playing like a fatherly figure um and i don't remember exactly what it was but we can put together the fact that Knox, you know, pre-caustic, was a scientist, and that um, Watson's father was a renowned scientist who worked on, you know, the arena. Um, and I believe that there's some connection there. Maybe they worked together or something. I think there's another lore piece that sort of insinuates that connection. Um, but I sort of see here that, like, he's very protective of her, which sort of shows that he has a human side, even if it means throwing Lobe up against the wall and strangling her or whatever it said that he did. <laughs> Minor offense. That, that, was, that was my favorite part. That's what stood out to me, too, is that <laughs> the, the relationship building between Wraith Watson and Caustic. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting and not something that you necessarily get just from the voice line, the character vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so I like that element too. Andrew, what did you think about the the story? Or I, I just described the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same same camp. I I thought it was awesome that Doctor Caustic has so many 
layers to him. You know, he's not <laughs> not what he appears. Uh, and this kind of plays into. I had written a story about like the best uh, conditional character chatter, uh, and the one of the best lines is between essentially uh, Watson and Caustic. Uh, Watson has a very emotional one actually when she resurrects when she reses um caustic in game she can say the line uh i couldn't save papa but i can save you dr caustic oh my it's, god yeah it's really it's a lot and also <laughs> um you know she'll like res him or or she'll be res by him and she'll respond with see dr caustic you're not as bad as they all say or like mm-hmm. we scientists need to stick together they have all these endearing lines that you wouldn't expect so the conditional chatter kind of cool too and yeah ooh, i'm fuzzy here uh so yeah there, there's some interesting depth to that relationship and yeah. the story from this quest just furthered that so now i'm really interested yeah uh there there's a lot of fun moments in the story so just to recap what happens this week we pick up at uh octane's date with <laughs> with um yoko yoko yeah i forgot it last week too uh and octane is there to pump information from her about why lobo was meeting with with hammond right um, and he's not subtle about it, of course. He comes right out and asks, uh, but he but he promises Yoko that she, that he can get her a, uh, a, a autograph from Bangalore. Yeah. <laughs> and a, she's actually interested. And in she's stuff. really she's really into that because that Bang- was pretty good comedy. <laughs> Bangalore never hangs out after the matches to sign autographs, so <laughs> she gives up the deets for Bangalore's autograph. And what she tells um, what she tells Octane is that. Loba is after the source code, which is which we know. She doesn't know what the source code is, and none of the characters but Loba do. But we know from Loba's cinematic that the source code is basically the actual Revenant. That's his killable true self, right? And that's what, what Loba's after. She wants her revenge. So when in Loba's intro cinematic, when Loba infiltrated the labs underneath Skulltown, she was trying to find the source code. The source code was teleported out. And Loba is trying to find out where where it is. Um, and that's what her meeting with Hammond was about. That's what Yoko tells Octane. And uh, Yoko explains that um, Hammond knows where the source code is and will give it to Loba. But Hammond wants this artifact. And that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why the team is helping Loba to f- dig up these artifacts. And what we, what we learn is that even Loba doesn't know what this is and what it will do. But Hammond wants it, and Hammond's willing to trade it for the source code. So right. uh, Yoko reveals that to Octane. Octane doesn't get it, but thankfully we were there to parse that information. <laughs> and Wraith. Um, meanwhile, uh, Mirage and the rest of the team are on their mission to re- retrieve this next piece of the artifact. Uh, when Watson is downed, she's not. she does not get killed, obviously, but she is downed, and um, Mirage... Radio comes to Wraith. Wraith retrieves Octane from the date through magical portals, and the the team comes together to talk about um, to talk about the mission and to talk about Watson getting hurt because this is becoming this is becoming real. There are there are casualties. There's real danger. And do we really want to help Lobo on this mission that we don't understand why we're even doing it? Uh, and in that moment, amidst all that conflict, Revenant appears, and he had been listening in, and now he knows what they're doing and he knows about the Halloween town world where he is whatever worshiped he is, as, a god. Worshiped <laughs> as a god as he puts it. So those, those are sort of the narrative beats. And I think this is probably um, 
what I would consider like a act one conclusion uh, mm-hmm. for the story. And I thought it was actually like pretty exciting. When Revenant showed up, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like oh, when no. Rafe was like, it was my voice. I was like, oh, snap. What's yeah. about to happen? <laughs> yeah. So I especially liked liked the Revenant moment and um, just Wraith showing solidarity with the team and the alliances within that team and um, learning more about how the characters feel about each other, I think, is one of the best parts about these lore dumps that we're getting. I, I also think we have to remember in all this, like, Hammond is not really a good company, mm-hmm. right? They're like, Hammond gave us our Planet Harvester with all our nice advertising that this is going to be great, and it absolutely destroyed World's Edge, right? Yeah. yeah. They gave us um, uh, oh, our Rest in Peace Forge, right? He was the biggest ambassador, and he was definitely a total jackass. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's very interesting to me because, m- may, you know, I, and I'd have to really go back and think about the relationship to sort of see how deep that goes. But like, um, you know, she's working for the bad guy in this and the mm-hmm. legends must kind of understand that. But they also are sort of all in on being part of like the bad guy um, because they've all agreed to be part of the games. And Hammond Robotics is very, very supportive of the games as a as a whole. And one thing that I pulled from this, and I'm not really sure how it fits in, is like the reason... I think it's very interesting that these artifacts are all hidden under King's Canyon, you know, um, that that's why we needed to go back to this map, even if we're doing it in, in the sort of other world. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much control does Hammond have there? And now it's a whole host of things, right? So, right. Right. <laughs> And then you, we have to now consider now that Revenant knows what is his relationship with Hammond and the group and what part will he play? Because we, we are going to keep getting these artifacts, right? There's seven more of these hunt missions for us to do this season. So how, how, how do you guys think the mission is going to continue from this point? Now that Revenant knows that the entire team is working together unbeknownst to most of them, but they're all working together to kill him. Well, I think that maybe too, I mean, can, can we, I can't remember if Hammond was the company that also created Revenant, but theoretically, once he figured out he was a simulacrum, he would be angry. He was angry. And presumably he'd be angry with the people who caused that to happen to him, right? Um, And if you look back, I remember reading in the Titanfall lore that some people who come back as simulacrums are totally fine with it, but some people, if I remember correctly, um, you know, really does affect them deeply. And, you know, Revenant was created to be this murder-killing robot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting because I do think that there's going to be more conflict because we have to keep the story going. But in the end, maybe they all kind of have the same goal or maybe it's um yes we want to find these artifacts but then like um revenant wants to sabotage it and even though we think of him as being the sort of bad guy in this situation um he has his own reasons to want to destroy hammond theoretically Mm -hmm. right is this getting like very convoluted i I, feel like i'm gonna be like that um, of like charlie day (laughs) that's a good reference yeah, yeah it's like to me if if they're gonna go the this sort of uh i don't know uh marvel universe cookie cutter avengers route sure then revenant's just gonna be like well i'm gonna join you now and they're gonna be like er we don't like this but i guess we need we have no choice or something <laughs> that's how i expect it to go i sort of uh, expect the same thing yeah but but then how how do we get there why would he 
know, we know that there is there is our revenant who is evil, and then there's eviler revenant, right? <laughs> even more <laughs> evil, even revenant. more evil revenant in Halloween Town, and maybe maybe our revenant's got a problem with that guy. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, or or even just uh, you know, lust for answers because it seemed like he didn't really understand himself fully, and he's just been on a quest to. You know, in between killing parents and stuff, he's been on a quest to figure out, like, who am I? You know, <laughs> and I, I do think. <laughs> well, I'm. You know, another character that we don't really know a lot about their background is Crypto. Um, we don't really know. Ooh. We have a little bit of insight of their. Oh, I like. He wasn't. This. He was not playable in this mission, and mm. nothing's explained about this. Correct. Riddle me this. So, so I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. The weird, not playable characters. And I thought that Wraith shouldn't have been playable. Right. Wraith should not have been made playable. made no sense to me. It broke my immersion. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you, when you read the lore afterwards, Wraith is observing Octane's date. She finds out that Watson went down and, and teleports back to the group. There's no reason Wraith should have been there on the mission. It doesn't make any narrative sense. I'm I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> uh, Charlie Day picture again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I really feel like there maybe there's a chance they meant to to make it so Wraith was unplayable and Crypto was supposed to be playable. I doubt it. I feel like there's I, some reason we don't know yet. But uh, until then, we'll just assume that they were in another dimension for that mission, mission and that was just another. I just want to confuse everybody more by pointing out that in the Voidwalker video um, that when Wraith goes to hack the computer to try to get her information about who she is, she's using source code that has Crypto's emblem on it. So what we're sort of seeing is that they knew each other somehow. Right. Um, and this is pre pre Kings Canyon, because that's when that that happened, because that's when Wraith emerged and actually joined the Apex Games. Right. Are so, you saying that crypto programmed Revenant in JavaScript? <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Maybe it was C sharp. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is really interesting to me to figure out how all these stories, because that's a lingering question. That's something that we've spotted. And like I have spent, you know minutes analyzing (laughs) (laughs) seconds upon seconds (laughs) next week we'll get the cork board up we'll start pulling string you know we'll we'll start we'll make sense all of this weekly we like come in more crazy looking every single time (laughs) i'm working on it I do have to point out, though, like, I mean, this is awesome that they're doing this. I don't see a lot of games trying to move stories forward this way. They continue to also uh, develop the world sort of outside. I mean, we remember that note that Loba's mother wrote where we sort of discovered her personality. Um, There's just little lore bits that they release sort of in addition to the game on social media and on blog posts and things like that. Um, So it really makes the world feel... It's just different. It's not just like watching your favorite show because you get all these sort of supplementary pieces as well. And I know a lot of people who are really deep in, like, I'd say the Marvel or DC Universe will look at the comic books and compare them to the movies and what's canon and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's very interesting that, like, Apex started off as, like, um, you know, set in the Titanfall universe, but is really, like, its own sort of narrative piece or arc or or franchise as you might put it right Mm -hmm. and now they have the full capacity to put all these pieces together that may that are all supposed to be canon 
as opposed to like Marvel when the rights they lost to something else and they had to figure <laughs> out or restart from scratch or whatever, right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I totally agree. I, I'm impressed with the ambition. I'm I'm in, I'm very satisfied that the direction they're taking to re- retain players and uh, grow the game is narrative focused. I think that's awesome for a battle royale game. It's so bizarre. And also, didn't they just open a new studio? I think I read in Canada, right? Um, yeah. So they have a dedicated team. Like to right. me, Apex is not. It's not just this. Like they are planning to expand it to something even bigger. Because if it was just the battle royales, then like why would you theoretically need to expand your team? Like a whole nother team. Maybe you hire a few more people, right? So there's something going on behind the scenes. I mean, maybe they're testing what PVE might look like if they build a campaign in the long run, which I would. Love love um also make it more destiny style something i would also love but then you also want to make sure people are still playing the battle royale aspect so there's a lot to weigh there but i do think that this is i mean everything that response teased has been sort of a, a gateway to something bigger ever yeah. since season one so it's interesting to see how much bigger it's going to get it certainly bodes well for the future of the game i think that one thing to consider though is that is that respawn has not done a live service game before you know, all of their game, all of their games come out and then they support them for a while and then they move on. So if they are still interested in doing the next Star Wars game and single player experiences and stuff, then they need a team that can support this game for the long run. So I think that to me is how I kind of made sense of the, the new studio. Um, That's and- fair too. just shoot down my dreams. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think it means like they're taking anything away from Apex or they're not they're not going to continue to grow it. Um, there was something that you said about other games not uh, doing storytelling this way. And I can't believe I finally just now made this connection. But Whitney, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. This uh, entire season arc is so reminiscent of the Invitation of the Nine in Destiny 2. Are I mean, you familiar with that quest line? Uh, I am not. I okay. don't remember. I'm sorry. So uh, so every week there's a character that shows up in Destiny named Zer, and he sells like he sells like exotic stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, a few seasons ago, Zer would have a quest, and you would claim that quest and you would do some, you know, kill this many dudes or whatever, and then you would jump into a narrative encounter and it would tell a piece of that story. And then mm-hmm. every week he would have a new quest. The quest chain was called the tri- uh, the Invitation of the Nine, and you would get the full story by doing one quest a week for nine weeks, which is exactly what this is. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing. I can't believe it, it didn't occur to me before, but uh, it's a great... And it, it was very well received, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in Destiny. So, um, yeah, maybe this is something that more games can... Uh, a format that we'll see, you know, sort of pioneered. I mean, not to get too much off topic here, but the things that they're able to do with games now, they functionally didn't exist even three years ago. So we've seen that like Fortnite is able to hold concerts in game that are live, that are broadcasted to millions and millions of people. Um, And it's just really interesting to see 
what else is possible if you sort of start to take that into account? Like, what are the possibilities? Um, and I'm not saying that I think that uh, Apex Legends should host a Dead Mouse concert or whatever. What would an Apex concert be? Just, yeah. just the sideline for a second. What would be a cool concert in Apex? Grimes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there would have to be trampolines everywhere. There would have to be bounce pads. Yeah, octane octane it's just Octane as a DJ. <laughs> And we find out later it was like Marshmallow and he's double-crossed Fortnite. I don't know. <laughs> he would definitely be a D. I mean, I could see. Or Mirage. I don't know. Maybe maybe they would be fighting over it because Octane has the good music taste, but Mirage wants to put on like the 70s hits. That We need, we need to make that a, a feature, like assign a, a musical genre to each legend. Like oh, what music? Yeah. Oh, I kind of yeah. want to write that. Can I yeah. write that? <laughs> That against the law. It's approved. I'm not even able. I'm not even have authority approved. So, but as, I'm telling as long you as approved. wraiths is like screamo music. Yes. <laughs> Her genre is just called whispers. <laughs> Careless whisper. Caustic could uh, be acid rock. <laughs> I see. Right. Psychedelic. He would no. He definitely. He definitely strikes me as someone who's like listening to Pink Floyd in his workstation or something. No, right? I think he's listening to like Frozen soundtrack, <laughs> Let It Go and stuff. I feel like Mirage only listens to Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Yeah, who listens to K-pop? I don't. I don't think it'd be Crypto, despite his background. I think no, it'd it's be Watson. somebody else. Yeah, Watson or maybe even Pathfinder. I don't know. <laughs> Watson's a weeb. I can tell. <laughs> we'll unpack that one next <laughs> next week on the pod uh, Watson <laughs> the Weeb okay um, cool that's about all I had to talk about is there anything that, that I missed anything cool you guys saw uh, on Reddit or, or anything like that about the game uh, I just want to talk about one thing um, I saw the tail end of and I may get the name wrong but it's Tom Casilio maybe as a writer um, and he did a, a streamcast with um Chris Edgerly, uh, a.k.a. Pathfinder, the voice of Pathfinder in Apex Legends. I only got the tail end, but somebody had asked the question, is there some big piece of lore that people haven't discovered um, and that's like a huge thing that, that they should know or, you know, that people should be looking out for? And he said something very, very intriguing, which was, well, there isn't something that nobody's discovered but there's something that should be a much bigger deal than it already is. Mm. So there's something that like, you know, what's the Mr. Burns where you're like mm -hmm. this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I just thought that was really interesting. I'll be on the lookout for that. I'm sure many other people will. There were like a lot of the lore community was were in the chat sort of listening in. Nice. Um, but of course, I was all caps in the chat just going, what is it? You have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think uh, I think they do such a good job with planting seeds that it's always yeah. really satisfying when you find out what's coming. Yeah. Although nobody saw Squalltown going. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that was. Let's I don't take even the know the part King's spot, Canyon. Like, think it. <laughs> or just like you know, what's the craziest thing that we could do that could potentially piss people off or could be very very exciting i know it's just like the kind of idea that you come up with in like a brainstorming meeting and you just blurt out expecting that nobody's going to agree with it and everyone's like yes let's do that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like that format that meme format where the guy gets thrown out of the window yeah, yeah. that was that was exactly it <laughs> but yeah they do a great job respecting the intelligence of their fan base because they really 
they don't make anything obvious. They just put the smallest little things here and there and leave yeah. it to us. I, and I much prefer that mm-hmm. to well, any old. And it kind of sucks in our role as, you know, journalists and writers um, because, you know, data, data mines and leaks do tend to be newsworthy. So at some point you just like have to sort of, I don't know if every single outlet's reporting it, then it's news because of that, right? Um, but I actively try to avoid all that stuff so that everything is fresh and new to me. Um, and it makes it so much more fun to go along for the ride, you know? Like, I yeah. can't even imagine if I didn't know that the little girl in the trailer of, uh, you know, the Revenant reveal was going to be the next legend, like, my heart would have raced when I discovered that, you know? Oh, yeah. But of course, everybody knew because like the leaks and things like that. So it sort of gives you an understanding of like why they're so protective about their IP and try not to let things get out. Right. Apex Um. is the leakiest game I've ever (laughs) played. It cannot keep. Although uh, the Revenant Forge thing. That was was great. Yeah, that was good. I don't I don't know if that I think that the leaks were so confusing because of the forgery that nobody expected it. I think there were Revenant leaks, but then when everybody was like, oh, I guess that's not true when we saw Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a such a great misdirect and a, and a great way to handle, you know, a situation where their characters always get leaked. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So uh, next week we have our third hunt. I really don't have any predictions. Um, I thought it was cool that the pieces of the artifact are getting put together. In the first week, you saw the one piece and you could flip it. And I kind of thought you would just be able to toggle to each one and look at it. But mm-hmm. they're actually going together like Voltron. So, I, yeah, I was act- about to make that show. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just happened to be watching. I was trying to get a screen grab of something I wrote. Um, I was watching the, the season five reveal, the gameplay reveal. And when it talks about the quest, it actually does show all the different pieces of whatever this is kind of coming oh. together in some way. Uh, I still don't know what it is. I don't know what to make of it, but there's a scene where that happens. I do too. Go ahead, Eric. My theory is that it's a gate. It's like a stargate. We're like building Mm -hmm. this big, a big portal. And then we're going to go through it and it's going to be our next map. (laughs) But Wraith can already portal. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) My theory is that it's a flux capacitor and then they're going to team up with uh, the creators of Back of the Future. And it's going to be a big thing. (laughs) And then there's going to be a Dead Mouse concert. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think you're probably right. I have no evidence for this, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be crazy if just like out of left field, they're like Apex Legends. And it's just like all like instead of logging in to play the characters we always play, you can play like Dead Mouse and Flostradamus and just all different whatever. Beethoven. (laughs) Just completely go off the rails. Like uh, Vince Ampella just like totally like decided to do away with the original concept and just make it into a giant dance party. <laughs> I could I could absolutely some years down the road see this game getting unrecognizable from what it is today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, uh I'd like to hear your plugs this week, Whitney. Uh you can catch me. I'll be streaming for the gamer on Facebook on Friday and Sunday is what I've been doing, usually around somewhere between two and four sorry i'm not consistent with my schedule everybody i've been playing some man eater it's a crazy shark game it's really really fun to chew up humans for some reason it's all the rage that you feel for <laughs> for the world but you just like take it out in a video game as like a shark that eats humans anyway um yeah. 
And then I'm on Twitch too. It's Lumbago. Uh, I couldn't get like Lumbay B-A-E. So it's B-A-3-G-O. Uh, and yeah, find me there. We'll hang right. out. Perfect. Andrew. Finn, T-T-V, P-H-I-N. Catch me on Twitch. Otherwise, I'm streaming on the Gamers Facebook page Monday and Tuesday. Unless I'm really busy and then I just abandon everyone. But I'm usually <laughs> there. So. Um, as far as new games and stuff, uh, for the gamer and our YouTube content, uh, May was a super slow month. I'll admit it. We were going to do some Crucible stuff, but um, and then nobody cared about Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Andrew and I are going to do some gameplay videos in June. Uh, we have some ideas. There's some pretty big releases in June um, that you guys may have heard of. Last of Us, maybe. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. We'll have a, a lot more video content coming up in June and uh, look forward to the podcast every week on Wednesdays. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Bye, everyone.